y'all. It's on London. It's the Winner's Paradigm Podcast here. Today, we got an amazing episode for you. we got my man, Joel Evan, from the Hack Life Podcast. He's a holistic life coach. He was a first responder, so he's talking about transitioning, some of the beliefs behind there, and the legacy of what he wanted to show his kids on what they can do, what they can accomplish. This one hits home for me because not too long ago, I had all those elements with my body, and I was making excuses and saying I can't do certain things. Versus, you know, eating right, losing a little bit of weight, maybe working out a little bit different because my body has changed and learning that I can't do the same thing every single day. That is why I do not wake up at 3 or 4 a.m. every single day. You know, on a good day, I can be able to do that. If not, you know, that's where I get that stretches in. I work my body until I can get that workout in later on in the day. And uh, as you guys can hear, you know, a little sick right now. So it's been a slower week. So it's really giving yourself some grace, figuring out, hey, what could we do to be able to get better? What could we do to get to the next level? This is the Winner's Paradigm Podcast. You got an amazing episode today. Let's get it, guys. I've got my story, you got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then look the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen, I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up. Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff. I realized if you want to win, you got to recalibrate your mindset. Before there's no time left. Yo, thank you for tuning in. So first thing, go to thewinnersparadigm.com and subscribe. That's the way you're going to be able to keep up with the Winner's Paradigm. You're going to hear about Alpha Influence Media if you're trying to strategically build momentum to increase your influence so you can maximize that impact. Alpha Influence Media is for you. We run strategic ad campaigns. We get you on the right shows that resonate with your message. We get you guests that resonate with you. And pretty soon here, we're going to be doing real so you can kill it with your social media marketing game. Now... After that, you're going to leave that five-star rating and review, be able to get people coming back to this podcast to see how kick-ass it is, let a friend know so we can be able to keep this thing going. And thank you to our sponsor, MyFitLife. If you go to MyFitLife.net, type in TWP20, you get 20% off all products, MyFitLife. So you're going to want to check that out if you have some CBD needs that are going to be able to help you. As always, you know, the Move It Sports Gel is killer for me because it allows me to push through those workouts even when I am having those really bad joint pain as I often get every single day. So it's one of the things that allows me to zone in um, as well as being the best that I can be and being able to heal my body. So you're going to want to check out my Fit Life TWPP20 for 20% off. My man, Joel, thank you so much for coming on the Winner's Paradigm podcast, brother. It's been an honor getting to know you on a personal level, working with you, being able to be interviewed on your show. Uh, me and you were just rambling on, going crazy. So before we jump into it today and, and do a little bit of the same, brother, would you mind giving us a brief intro of who you are, what you're passionate about today, man? Yeah, man. Great to great to be vibing with you again. Uh, I always say iron sharpens iron, and that's uh, it's just been serendipitous. You know, my life is a bunch of serendipities, and it's no accident that I've got a chance to meet you and your team and and work with you. And I I think it's you know it's it's just that good energy that we put out, right? And that's why we, we attract each other, and then you go out and attract other good people. But yeah, brief brief rundown. Um, you know, I was a first responder uh, in the Bay Area for 15 years. I was a police officer, and that was like my day job up until last October. And you know, uh, but in the in the back of my mind, I always had I, I, I knew I was going to do something in the health and wellness world, but I just didn't know what it was going to be. And I think it was the birth of my my first child, which was eight years ago. That coupled with watching my mom deal with breast cancer and my mother-in-law deal with thyroid issues and other autoimmune. And I had, I knew a lot about health, but I, I didn't know how to get the people closest to me better. And that bothered me. I could tell them, take this supplement and do this because I read this article and I knew a lot, but I didn't understand the systems and the protocols to guide people. How do you get them better from the root cause level? I really wanted to understand that. And so, I think having, you know, you have kids and having the birth of your kids, I think really puts things into perspective. And I started asking myself questions like, you know, what do I want to really do? What am I aligning with? And I felt like police work wasn't aligning with me and I wanted to still help people in a big way. And so that led me to multiple health coaching certifications and naturopathy and learning how to get people better. And so 
fast forwarding till now, you know, last October, uh, there I was put in a tough position and I had to I had to make a decision. And, um, you know, if I told this story before and I really don't care where you stand. I, I hope anybody, whatever they do, again, I talk about aligning with my truth and you'll know my story. Align with your truth, make the choice that is best for you, your health and your family. But the choice for me was to get the juice uh, in October or be fired. And I said, I'm not going to take that because it didn't align with who I am and my truth. And uh, that forced me to go all in in my health coaching business, as they say, burn the boats because <laughs> I didn't have any other options. And uh, so, you know, I was always one foot in, one foot out with uh, police work and health coaching. And now mm. I had no choice. And I think that was the universe telling me, dude, it's time to go all in and dive deep into your health coaching business. And so, I had launched my podcast three years prior. It's called the Hacked Life Podcast. You were on it and started my health coaching business. It just wasn't fully up and running, but now it is because I have no choice and I love it. And, it's, and, I, and I actually love what I do. So yeah, that's how I got here. Absolutely, brother. And I'd say that's the one thing I love about you. Um, you're so fucking open, man. Like when you talk about it, like you didn't want to take the juice, like that's cool. I don't give a fuck, you know, what spectrum you're on that. Same you know here. what I mean? Like personally, I piss people off and I'm like, yeah, bro, I took it. And the reason why is because my wife had two miscarriages and we were in a high risk for a third. So it was one of those where I was like, I want to be able to do what I can do, whether of that. And I was like, at the same time, like I took the fucking anthrax shot three times yeah, and that was military, hell. Man. Yeah. yeah so all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And now the military is going through it for forcing people to get those back vaccinations. So that's another thing, but it was yeah. one of those for me, like learning, Hey, you know, what's going to be the best for us, but two, you know, I loved in, even with you, like you didn't talk about being a police officer much. And I talked about on the episode with you, like, I really love that because it's perspective and the way that you paint some pictures to me and you understand things. So it's like easier having a conversation with you. Cause you're open. You're not one of those guys that shuts down or like, bro, do you fucking know, do you know the law? Do you know this? You're like, nah, bro. Like I see it both ways. I see people as people, you know, you talked about a time where, um, kid, you stopped the kid and you were talking to them and they're like, man, you're a nice guy. Like, those are the things I think that people need to know. And that's what I love about you, brother. It's like, you're all around amazing individual and you really care, take the time for people. So I know we mentioned about getting healthier, you know, for families and that, and that's something that me and you are working together and, and I'm going to get my blood work done because I tried yeah. to do a detox and it's not aligning with me right now because of the migraines and, and going through all that, you know, so it was it's one the of those anthrax coming out of your body, <laughs> bro. It, it, it could be, I mean, I really started getting my migraines. Uh, so that was like year two when I, or not even year two, that was like almost the end of year one. Uh, when I came back from Kuwait, that was where I started getting really bad migraines. And then I also injured my knee. So I was on all these types of medication, neuroblockers, put me on antidepressants, so it made me bug the fuck out, which yeah. I already knew I was going to have that because I dabbled with it when I was a little bit younger and try to learn. Uh, my dad also has like some other mental illness stuff. So he told me that, that when he takes, you know, uh, any medicine like that, it makes him feel crazy. He goes crazy. So that was something for me, you know, cannabis helped me out CBD. And I also decided, oh, I'm going to stop CBD and cannabis during this time. And fuck, dude, that was rough. That so was it was one thing. Mistake. Yeah, yeah, it was one thing working with you. And I'm like, bro, I need to get my blood work done. And I need to be able to see from here, like what kind of vitamins I need for my body, you know, what kind of nutrients I'm missing out. Um, started challenging myself on eating cleaner and, you know, building those habits, eating the salads that are colorful with all these different things. So when we're looking at it, you know, we're trying to work on these health related illnesses and really figure out, you know, mentioned uh, some of your family members and you watch them. And, and I've done the same, you know, my grandpa was a smoker for four years and ended up dying, had stage four lung cancer. We didn't even know. So it was one of those where it's like, that clicked for me. And I was like, bro, I want to be the best I can be. And yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, smoking is going to be one of those things that I'm going to have to get through. But I was like, man, it helps me for the migraines, for everything that I'm going through. But it was something where it waked up and I was like, bro, I need to be able to dial in on all areas of life, whether that's, you know, being there for the family, being present, and then two, being healthier. So when we're looking at our lives, you know, we're figuring out, hey, what do we do? You know, what are some of those initial conversations you're having with some of your clients where you're like, hey, you know, what is your goal? You know, what are we going to try to do for you that's going to help them, you know, reverse engineer their health or get them to where they want to be, brother? Yeah, that's a great question. And I just want to take you as an example, by the way, your body, the cool thing about the body is it's so resilient and it, it you pour all this crazy stuff in it and it still survives. And like, 
I find that amazing. And so I really think, and I do truly believe this, that the body can heal. It just needs the right input. And so for you with your headaches or migraines, like, again, people, they identify as their illness. And so one of the first things, this ties into one of the first things that I do with my clients is like, what is your belief? What is your vision about health? And, you know, we have our own upbringings. You mentioned your dad with a mental illness. And I was going to say, yeah, don't we all, don't all our dads have mental illnesses, right? That's we true. all grew up in a dysfunctional family or some sort and life wasn't perfect, but guess what? You bring a lot of these beliefs and there's a lot of good neuroscience that suggests from zero to seven, like, and as a dad, I really take this into consideration because from zero to seven, like the brain is in this theta state and it is just taking in everything. And you really take on your, that personality, you take that on. Now we know the brain can change and neurons that fire together, wire together, but you are, that's like your personality, like pretty much cemented in a way. And you are stuck with these beliefs. And so even looking back at my beliefs, guess what? I became a police officer at 25 and I was, it was a noble profession. I had a great run, I had a great time. And um, I wanted to do it because actually I wanted a job that I could use my brain and my body. And I thought this would be a cool, a cool job. And it was, but guess what? My grandfather was a San Francisco police officer. My dad was a police officer. I didn't want to even be a police officer. I didn't want to be anything like my dad. I think all of us can relate and say, I'm going to be so much better than my dad. But here I am falling into this, this life. How did that happen? I'm sure there was a lot of subconscious beliefs and things from the zero to seven area. And I was also bred not to be an entrepreneur. I was bred to go out and get a good job and get a pension and get a 401k. These are all the things that police officers have, right? 401ks and pensions and retire at 50, get a white picket fence when you're 30 and marry your dream girl and then have a couple kids and sail off to the sunset. Well, these are all beliefs and these same beliefs come into play when we're talking about your health. Like how do you vision your health? Do you think that you're going to have type two diabetes because your family members do? I hear that all the time from clients and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, Type 2 diabetes has been proven to be a lifestyle disease. If we change your lifestyle, your food, like you're talking about nutrition, you're going to get better. All I'm doing is changing the input and the body gets better. Now, on a high level, people can't see it because when we're talking about things like multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, again, people say, oh, that's just genetic. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I think these man-made diseases are names that the Western doctor gave because they can't figure out how to get people better. So they just give them a name. Again, we've seen it over and over again. If you change the body's input, they will start to heal and they will start to get better. Same for you. Your migraines will go away. And um, CBD, I think is by the way, great. I think there, we've proven that too. And by the way, when you look at the history of CBD and marijuana, I find it fascinating because I, I did an interview with a, uh, an expert on apothecary and her dad got diagnosed with cancer and she was using, um, God, I can't think of the, it's Simpson's oil. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, she was using cannabis. She was using medicinal mushrooms to get him better. He lived way longer. Unfortunately, he just passed, but he lived way longer than they were expecting. And, um, you know, he had like a stage four kind of pancreatic cancer. It was like a death sentence. And she was using all these medicinal properties. And in her book, she even talks about like these apothecaries. These, these were being done in the 1800s. It was like normal. But guess what? Pharma. Big Western medicine came yeah. and said, you got to get out of here because you're healing people. You're getting people better. We don't want it that. It's going to mess with our drug industry. And so what there was a shift in the early 1900s from away from that. So, you know, when you talk about CBD and cannabis, I'm, I'm like, great. Yeah, I, I don't I see a lot of good things with it. And it was proven back in the days until it was, you know, uh, what's the good word? Um, vilified. It was vilified. Right. So uh, it all starts with beliefs, brother. No, 100% agree with you, brother. And that's something uh, for me. So my dad's bipolar. And that's where he told me that, you know, is uh, how he explained it to me was either have really, really high highs and really low lows. Uh, I was depressed a lot, you know, in high school, because my dad was abusive, both my parents, alcoholics, narcissist. Um, so it's kind of and then racist stepdad in the mix. So it was one yeah. of those where it's like, I never really was able to be me. They try to fit through my dad tried to 5150 me. And I'm fucking sitting in front of a doctor. And he's like, Oh, so have you ever thought about hurting yourself or if you weren't on this planet anymore? I'm like, never. He's like, that's wrong. Everybody thinks about those things. But it was one of those to where like when we did the deep wow. dive, uh, it wasn't that I was bipolar. It wasn't that I'm severely depressed or excuse me. It wasn't that I have anger issues. It's that in zero to seven, like we're talking about um, one of the 
things of depression for kids is uh, anger. So there may be anger all the time. I talked about growing up in Fresno, fighting all the time. I didn't leave Fresno until I was 10 and even got to a better place. And it was still the same thing, you know, here, ignorant shit. I'm like, oh, let's fucking fight because that's what I know. That's how I protect myself. I fight yeah. my dad. Like, so it was like unpacking all those things. And then even, you know, with the cannabis, um, when I first started using it, my parents were like, oh, talking all this shit. And they're like, it makes me paranoid. That's you. You know what I mean? And two, I found out Probably if you smoke too much, you take too much, you're going to feel paranoid. But if you take the right amount and you start slow and you be smart with your body, like all of a sudden my migraines went from a 10 to like a two to a three. You know, uh, I went from having the severe joint pain, not being able to roll out of bed to being like, fuck that. I'm getting in and getting a workout. in. you also mentioned about those beliefs, bro. I tore all that cartilage in my knee. And at one point in time, that first year, I just settled because the military wasn't helping me. The two year and a half years, the fucking physical therapy didn't do shit for me because uh, it took a year and a half to get surgery, get the surgery. Now I'm back to square one, even worse. You know, they're not helping me. Couldn't get the second surgery to get out. And that was where, you know, uh, did five injections into my knee PRP did the cortisol steroids. So it was one where I was like, man, I don't know what's going to work. And then slowly started building, slowly started eating cleaner, um, and also, you know, it goes back to the belief system. My flight surgeon when I was in the Marine Corps told me it's time for you to be a big boy and grow up and, and maybe you got to eat cleaner and you got to lose weight. So I lost 35 pounds and still nothing did anything for me. So I ended up bulking back up because I was like, bro, why am I going to be smaller if I'm still having worse problems? So yeah. it was something for me where like I'm actively doing it, brother. And it was, you know, eating right. It was figuring out, hey, what reduces inflammation? Probably shouldn't eat as much eggs because I heard that they do give some inflammation. So I did the elimination diet, took it out of my diet, put it back in more egg whites. And I'm like, you know what? It's working for me. Um, I couldn't do hack squats at all. Now I'm able to do it, you know, with the machine a little bit more, but it was gradually pushing myself, but doing what I can. And then having that routine, like, like me and you talked about, you know, on your show, um, I have two different morning routines and that's if I can get up at three or four to go to the gym, or if that's about, you know, feeling like shit, because right now it's getting a little bit colder. So I'm aching ton. And now I'm putting CBD on all day to be good. And those are the things people don't you know, take the time to figure out what works for them. They want to go to the doctor or have someone tell them these things. But I'm like, bro, I've took the medication. I've took the antidepressants. I got started freaking the fuck out and panicking and, and now having these crazy thoughts where I didn't even have it versus when I put the work in for myself. So in your case, brother, and everything that you do, when you're dialed in and you're figuring out for yourself what works, what doesn't, you're eliminating things from your diet, you're getting cleaner, you do the detoxes, like, what was the first, we'll say, you know, I know you do tons of research, so we can touch on that, but what was it like when you realized like, man, I have the power to be able to change some of the things, not only for my clients, but for myself to where you started feeling better, you started living healthier, you know, you started being able to be like, you know what, I had these problems, you know, I had this fixulated mindset that wouldn't allow me to tap into this, but now I'm opening up all these new horizons. Man, that's a monster question. So here's the interesting thing. I'm actually writing a book on holistic weight loss for the busy, motivated entrepreneurs, the CEO kind of mentality, the first responders, all these people that what to me, these people are in the trenches, right? They are hardworking people. They don't have time to count macros. They don't have time to go to the gym six times a week. They might be battling injuries like you. And I want it to be kind of a, a realistic guidebook for them to get them better. That is going to drop at the beginning of the year. And I, I started writing the intro of the book and I said, I've never had a weight loss issue. So it's like, well, who are you to be talking about weight loss? You know, some people think like, oh, you know, but yet you're speaking and pontificating on metabolic health. Well, you know, here's the thing that um, metabolic health is a huge, huge problem. It's only 6.8%. There's a new study showing only 6.8% of Americans are actually metabolically healthy. That is a travesty. That means 93% of us are walking around with metabolic issues. And if you saw during the pandemic, that was a huge problem and people were getting crushed. They were getting, they were suffering from cytokine storms. They were, you know, the ones mostly affected and ill. So I, I believe it or not, I never had a weight loss issue, but growing up, I was not healthy. I grew up on a diet of Capri Suns, white bread sandwiches with peanut butter and uh, some kind of dessert was always in my lunch, a nutter butter, a hostess, cupcake, a fruit roll up. Apparently that was a balanced life. Never had a green veggie uh, up until like I was probably 18 years old. And guess what? I don't know if I told you this, but I had it a, 
I had an abnormal bone growth in the my left leg when I was about 10 years old. And my parents didn't even know what it was. They saw this lump on my leg. And it was actually a friend who said, hey, have you checked Joel's leg out? He's got like this giant lump in his leg and it's protruding. And my parents were like, oh yeah, we saw it. It's just like a lump because he plays baseball and he's pretty active. I think being active is what saved me really. But um, very active. But I had this lump. And so the doctors, the Western doc, go to the doctors and uh, they look at me and they go, oh, yeah, he's just got an abnormal bone growth, man. Oh, no big deal. We're just going to chisel it off and take you on your way. OK, first of all, so here's my femur and there's a bone growing out opposite way. They said that in about a year to two years, it was slow growing. Luckily, it would have just ripped through my leg. So, but the, again, the Western, why did this happen? Oh, we don't know. It's not like this happens. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. We're just going to chisel it off and you go on your way. And I went back to my daily once a day dad's root beer soda after school. I'd walk home and have a dad's root beer. So I grew up very unhealthy, had lots of allergies, lots of earaches, um, and never knew why. Now, come to when I'm 18 years old, what really was the transformational pivot for me was I graduated high school and I had, uh, I was surrounded by a huge network of people. I, I mean, I had friends going to Stanford, no joke. I had two friends go to two or three friends go to Stanford. One went to Cal, one went to UC Davis. Another one went to did somebody go to Harvard. No, he went, three went to Stanford. That's what it was. Guess where I always, yes. You know where I was going? Absolutely nowhere. I was, I went to the JC because, which is fine, but I had, I, I actually missed a semester because I graduated when I was 18. My parents got divorced. I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life because of why beliefs, because I was set up in a system to just go to school, get good grades. And I did that. And then at 18, you're supposed to go out of the world and get a job or go to college. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I had to dive deep. I started going into personal transformation uh, development, the Tony Robbins, the Zig Ziglar's, the Brian Tracy's, the Jim Rohn's. And I started getting exposed to that. And from that day forward, that led me to really cultivating a growth mindset, and always wanted to learn and get better because I watched my friends and they were, they had, they were, had success, what I thought. And Joel had nothing. And I wanted to learn, well, how do I, I don't want to ever feel this way again. And so that led me on this mission to personal growth, mastery. And then that also led me into bodybuilding because I wanted girls and people to like me and I wanted to transform my body. And so that really got me into health and bodybuilding may not be the healthiest thing you can do, but it was the conversation that led me to healthier eating. Oh, you need certain nutrients and all these things. And um, that really led me to the path where I, where I got to now. And, and then I, I wanted to take it further. How do you get people better from the natural root cause? So that kind of gives you this, yeah, kind of the background of how that happened. Brother, I'm glad you said that. And I don't know why I never asked you about the bodybuilding because I seen your physique and I'm like, fuck, this dude's, this dude's pretty damn cut, you know, I'm for okay. how big you are okay. as well. You know what I'm excited about too is I, I do what, what I, what I try to tell my clients too is I, I do the minimum effective dose. You know, I, I'm not really pushing it um, that hard because I don't have the time. Um, and I, and that's not true. I just don't devote the time. But again, the busy entrepreneurs like you and me, most of us don't, we have 10, 20 minutes in between our breaks and podcasts and schedules. And, but I get it on, I'm consistent as hell. And it, it's my identity. It's who I am. I love it. It makes me feel good. So I make sure I get it in, even if it's just 10, 20 minutes, I have a ha built-in habit, a routine, and that's what's made it sticky for me. Cause even with having two kids and multiple businesses, the, you know, and working overtime in the past for 30 hours every for like six years I did because I was the only person bringing in income in our family. It was cultivating those daily habits and even what is the minimum effective dose that we need to be successful. And that's that's kind of what it, what what uh, keeps me going. Brother, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out. And that's my next thing as well, you know, is I'm going to get healthier. And while I'm doing that, you know, lose a little bit of fat, pack more muscle, because I can do that well. Um, and I'm going to get in bodybuilding in the future. And it was one of those things for me, like, I would freak out going on vacations, because I'm like, bro, I need a gym, I need to have this hotel. And then now it's like, I can finally do burpees a little bit. So I'm like, all right, I can do a little bit of burpees, I can do this ab workout, I can be able to burn this, you know, I can be able to do all these, you know, run in place. All right, my knee hurts, move on to the next thing. Like, I totally evolved on what I can do and figured out, Hey, this is what I can do even for the days where I can't get it in 15, 20 minutes. So like the person, the entrepreneur is like, I don't have time. Like, nah, I don't believe that. Cause I wake up at three in the morning and take care of this little girl. Regardless, you have 15, 20 minutes, you cut into your sleep, 15, 20 minutes, you got to work out in like, all right, you shouldn't cut into sleep. I'm one of those right now. That's where I'm like teetering from the three and four. Cause I'm like, bro, I feel drained. And it's also yeah. knowing your body, you know? So it's one of those for me, like 
you could devote 15, 10 minutes and get a good workout in. Zach's one of those where I'm talking about the gym and he's like, no, you can get this Z bar or whatever. And you can do all these workouts with it. And I'm like, no, you're right. But it's more the aspect of getting in there, the mindset, pushing myself and that. And it's what you what like my goals and what are. you're going to do. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was one of those for me as well, brother, where it's like devoting that time. And again, you become consistent. It's more the psychological effect you have on other people as well. We're like, bro, I'm on vacation, but I'm gonna eat this nice salad. I'm gonna eat this chicken. All of a sudden I'm talking about plant-based diets and plant-based meat. And my wife's like, what the hell has gotten into you? And I'm like, you know, what? I'm not against it. And, you know, I'm not going to give up steak, but we ate so much steak at one point. That's all she wanted. And I was like, bro, I'm tired of steak again. So it was like learning my body and being like, you know, plant-based isn't bad. I can eat a little bit more here. I can eat this plant-based chicken tender instead of eating the real one that's fried, fattening and put this in the air fryer or something. So it was like evolving on that. And I'd say that's one of them. So it was kind of cool, you know, getting married. I was really picky and didn't like vegetables and now eat it routinely as well as cannabis. Like my wife would make this and I'm like, all right, going through my migraines and something healthy. And all of a sudden, like the cravings went from fattening things all the time to like wanting healthy things. And even to the point now where it's like, uh, what did I eat? Oh, I told you I ate that burrito. So I ate a three pound burrito. And in my head, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so fucking good. And it was trash. Like I was just like, man, this tastes like shit. I feel like shit immediately yep. after eating it versus, you know, where I was like, man, I really ate this clean. You ate some salmon, some vegetables that night a little bit of uh, rice and, and quinoa rice. And I was like, you know, this is pretty good. So I, I love that you you say that, you know, you definitely talk about it on your podcast and making it a lifestyle and that. And that's one of the things as well. I like listening to your podcast because you give all these little nuggets on what we can do to be better. So I know you mentioned your book as well, brother, in, in diving into these things, you know, how significant is it for us to get out there, do some research or get with somebody that has the research and knowledge to teach us these things where it's like, you can make it a habit for yourself. You can make it to where you can make simple uh, diets that are going to be sustainable instead of the eat like a dog. You know, my wife, when my wife went to the Navy, uh, all I did for four months and why I got lean as fuck and started looking jack was I eat chicken, rice, broccoli, if not salmon. That was all I ate every single day. Yeah. And then I would have for breakfast, I would either have like an eggs eggs and then I would have uh, ground turkey, vegetables and rice. And it was every single day that, I realized after I blew up because I didn't want to eat that anymore. I was like, I'm tired of this shit. And then went back to, you know, having those ups and downs, you know, plus drinking in the mix. So now, you know, not doing those things. And I'll tailor back to the question. My bad there. Um, in, in your case, brother, like, what are some things if you are that busy entrepreneur and you're like, man, I can't do this, you know, what are some things you can make quick or how can we make it a lot easier for us to stick to a diet plan that isn't a diet, excuse me, it's more of a lifestyle thing to where you're like thinking differently on, hey, what can I get in? You know, the other day I made chicken fajitas and I realized like, all right, it takes 25 minutes to make everything. But this was something that was really simple and it allowed me to eat clean, still get these vegetables in, still get this chicken in. And it was something where I was like, man, this tastes really good. You know, it took me 25 minutes. You know, I can do this a lot simpler another day, you know, cut up the chicken, marinate it. And then it's just like putting it in the air fryer, putting the vegetables in it. And now I can mix it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? So even just looking at your evolution, one always start with very tiny habits. And that's just been proven. BJ Fogg wrote a great book called Tiny Habits, but you know, starting just really small. And I just interviewed a really uh, cool sports nutritionist. He's like one of the first sports nutritionists ever to be in the NBA. Like this is years ago, like, hey, maybe we should be looking at nutrition, right? And uh, speaking of, you know, being pumped with antibiotics and painkillers, he helped heal Danny Ainge through supplementation because Danny Ainge's liver was a complete wreck. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was asking him, he said, well, you know, I said, you know, you work with these high-end clients and CEOs and sports, the high-end like sports guys, you know, uh, like what's successful, how do you keep them consistent? You know, he mentioned consistency being very important and I couldn't agree more. I go, great. What do I asked him very directly, what do you do to keep people consistent? And he's like, Joel, it's all about small wins, stacking those small wins over time. And the same thing with you, which I give you credit is having the growth mindset, right? You tried a lot of things. They didn't work for you. And now you're like, well, let me try getting up at a different time. Let me try adding CBD. Let me try adding more plant-based. Let's just see how I feel. So, you know, a lot of people will try these things, but then when they don't feel good, they, oh, I, I failed. I'm a failure. Nothing worked for me. And they just go back into their old limiting beliefs and they start living that old person. And then that's why you see the whole yo-yo dieting kind of thing. So one is obviously 
you know, stack those small wins and start to build. That's how you build that lifestyle. I think the other big thing that I see consistently over and over again is you, when it comes to having that lifestyle, because that is the key, we, we, if you look at the studies, I mean, people will lose weight and gain it back the majority of the weight within two years. Like it's very, they will gain more than half of the weight all back within two years or even less. Right. So the stats are out there. And why is that? Well, what I've seen, even just with working pe with people in a short three month time frame, is the same thing can happen. And the reason is, is they don't have a routine. They don't have a schedule. And so, you know, I, you know, I'm a big fan, I think, and I actually don't even know if I really answered your question, because you asked me one of the things that I like doing, I'm a big fan of detoxes, specifically a functional medicine detox to target the liver. Why? Because we are being bombarded, go to the Environmental Protection Agency's website, go to the EPA guys, they're supposed to protect you, that's what the P is for. But if you go to the website, they will tell you right there, you are being bombarded by 86,000 man-made chemicals every year. That number is only going up. So guess what? Your liver has to de has to actually deal with that. It has to filter those toxins so that they don't go into the blood, but it can't do it all. And when it doesn't, those things leak into your blood, you start feeling like crap, right? So when you decongest the liver and when you start to support it, it starts to do so many other processes that people aren't aware of. It helps with your metabolism. It helps with hormones. It helps with cortisol and stress. It's going to help rebalance blood sugar. So I'm a huge fan of that. And when I do, typically I'll do a lot of three-week detoxes with folks because it's, it's a magical process. They lose weight. They feel more clear, brain fog. And guess what? Their habits also change. You know, I interviewed Dr. Anna Lemke. She's the right, uh, author of the Dopamine Nation. And she said, Joel, listen, we've done many studies on dopamine. Dopamine is your motivation. Dopamine is your wanting, right? You're craving to want to do something. And guess what? We, we are dopamine rich right now, aren't we? We are abundant with everything right now. And so TikTok and everything, we're always on our phones. And so when you want to break a habit, uh, it, she said it's going to take about four weeks to kind of reset those dopamine pathways. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. My functional medicine detox is three weeks. I thought, wow, that's so interesting. And when people come off the detox, they're like, oh my God, Joel, what you said about the burrito, I don't have these cravings anymore. I, I, when I, I'm feeling like when I feel I eat now, I feel full or I go to eat these certain burritos or these meals and I start to feel inflamed right away and I just push it away. So what happens though, for some people is they get off this detox, they're feeling amazing. And then they go back into the world of randomness and randomness is a great solution for mediocrity. When you are living in a world of randomness, I guarantee I can predict your results. So for me, when I look at my life, it's a very flexible schedule. I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I'm so routine centric, but I am like my mornings. I know what my breakfast and lunch are going to be every day. They don't really change. There's a little variability in between. I'm not like super dogmatic, but for the most part, they're the same. And I know what I have in the house. There's a couple snacks I have. So even if I wanted to have a snack in between, it's not going to kill me. So my morning and lunch are like the same every day. And keeping it simple like that allows me path of least resistance to keep those habits and make it easy for me. When people are trying to cook all these crazy meals and do all these diets, it's overwhelming. It's a, it's a burden. So when you keep, when you have like these simple solutions and just like, you know, they always talk about the paradox of choice, right? And like why you just wear the same thing every day. Well, it's the same thing. So by keeping, I think same. breakfast and lunch, very like, the same. The only thing I really have to think about every night is dinner. And if my wife's listening, she's going to say, no, you don't. I do that. But anyways, <laughs> that that's like the one thing that changes the most is dinner and on a day-to-day -day basis, but breakfast and lunch are this, pretty much the same. And so I have a schedule and I'm not living in the world of randomness. I know exactly kind of what I'm going to do on a regular basis. And that is the key for long-term success and a lifestyle. Boom, brother. And, and I'm the same way. You know, that's where me and my wife mess up is dinner. We're like, oh, we can be able to do this. And I'd say that's where we gotten smarter to where even if, you know, it is takeout or something, it's like, oh, we're looking at healthy alternatives. What are things that we can be able to do? What's something quick we can make that's healthy for when those times. So we literally did that the other day. Like I bought these plant-based patties. I have like 25 grams of protein. So in my case, I'm like, 
bro, I'm still eating something that's panko crumbs on it, but I get 25 grams of protein during this. So I got to put vegetables next to it. And now I'm having, you know, more protein in and, and being able to focus on what I'm eating that's quick. And it was kind of one of those, I'll say the second portion was, um, you know, thinking about legacy and thinking about how do my kids see me, you know? So for me, it was like tapping into that. So for my dad, um, you know, no matter how much of a partier he is and all the crazy shit this man would do, um, he was dialed the fuck in during the week, you know what I mean? Like wake me up freshman year and be like, Hey motherfucker, it's 5am go to the gym. It's time to put the work in. And I'm like, why are you this hyped this early And two, It was like, why do you, why are you so dialed in on the eating clean and literally like every single night? And I kid you not, it would be chicken breast. And he put it in there for, he put it in the oven for a whole hour while we go to the gym at nighttime. And uh, it would be like crispy when we got home. So we have like this chicken, we have a little bit of vegetables and we have rice every single night. That was dinner. If my stepmom didn't do, you know, spaghetti or something, cause she cut like a couple, three things. And it was one of those where I was like thinking about it on the legacy side. I'm like, bro, he was dialed the fuck in when it was eating clean and that. So it was something cool that I was able to see. Uh, he also started getting jacked like once he got old. So it was one of those where I was like, man, I can't let this old guy just kick my ass all the time. And then I was thinking about my mom, my stepdad, and every single night they needed beer. I need my beer. They had fucking tabs at the liquor store. And it was one of those things that I was thinking about one day. And I was like, bro, I used to go to a liquor store as a fucking routine habit. And I don't even go to the liquor store at all anymore. And it was one of those, like, I know, like, in some communities, you know, it's easier to go to the liquor store instead of a grocery store and you can get what you need. Sure. But it was one of, uh, and I would say more the accessibility of how close it is to you, you can walk there. But totally. it was one of those for me where I was like, how am I going to have my kids envision me? Are they going to be like, that's the dad that has a fucking beer every single night. And if he doesn't have his beer, he's in me in a pissed off attitude. Or am I going to be the dad that's like, hey, I got up early. I got the workout in today. I look good. I'm preaching to them. You know, maybe they may be picky like me. And I'm like, all right, cool. I know what to trick them on and make them think, you know, that's going to be healthy for them, but it still satisfies their cravings of eating the chicken tenders and maybe plant-based and have more protein. But at least I'm being smarter for my kids. So that was one thing for me, you know, of setting that right example for my kids. And let's leave that with the last question before we get to the can question um, for you, brother. When you think about legacy and how your kids are viewing you and doing all these things, is there anything in particular that strikes you that you're like, man, I do all these things so my kids can be able to see it and be like, okay, this is obtainable. You know, it's the perspective, it's the mindset we dive into to where you're like, yeah, you absolutely can do it. Whether you're the entrepreneur, whether you're the police officer, whether, you know, you're the nurse that's working something in these crazy hours, like it's about you and how you're going to be seen by your kids, by these rituals that we're partaking in. Yeah, man. So, you know, and I kind of touched on it, like my upbringing was, and everybody's upbringing, unless you're aware of it, it stems from these concepts and beliefs that are, that we are basically, I don't want to say we're, we're programmed. We're not, I was going to say tricked, but we're programmed at an early age to, to, to believe. And it could be a good belief. It could be a bad belief, but here's the thing is I, again, I had a career doing something else that it was a great, luckily it was a good career, but you know, it wasn't my calling, I think. And if I had known, if I was around entrepreneurs who were saying, you know, you can make money a different way, you can actually do this. And, and you're passionate about this, you can actually do that. So for me, you know, here's the neat thing. I don't have a, I, I have no control when it comes to these little guys. Uh, I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old and they are their own minds. Now, as a guy who grew up in a family of a dad who was like, I don't want to say he was very controlling. I had a great family, by the way, but uh, by the way, it's my dad's birthday today. Um, oh, that's awesome. Happy birthday to him. Yeah. And, um, but we, we are learning, right? You and I are learning as parents, but right. The old way that I was, I was raised was to be raised in fear. Meaning my dad says to do something, you better do it or you're going to get a spanking. You better yeah. do it. Or I'm going to take your toys away. We're not really raising our kids that way. And so it's, it's a very different concept, but guess what? My story, my belief right now is still that that's how I was raised. So my go-to is you better do this or else. And so I have to reprogram myself. Same thing. Like my young, if you see my oldest kid, he's got the wild hair and stuff. I've never had that. I was always short, very clean kind of cut kid. And so that's always difficult for me. And, but why? Cause I'm fighting my own beliefs. It's what I want. It's not what he wants. And I have to recognize that. So really as a parent, I'm learning through him of how to release a lot of that control and 
really cultivate what he's doing. He's homeschooled. He, I never was homeschooled. He, he's doing all these cool classes right now. He's doing like sourdough break, bake, baking class and uh, pretty cool. and a Lego building class. He's eight years old and he's doing all these things. His mind is so much different. And so what I'm trying to instill in him is go with that, right? Like we look at all these successful people nowadays, like, and I don't know if you would call Elon Musk successful. He is in some minds, right? But did he go to school? Did he get a college degree? That's what I was told to do to be successful. You need to get a college degree. No, you don't. Like, look at the look at the the, the world changers. A lot of them don't have co- college degrees, and so that's the difference. I know I'm trying to raise my kid. Is you know, do I? I don't want those beliefs to hold him back. I want him to have like that empty cup and just like be like water, right? Like Bruce Lee, right? Do whatever you want and go into that and. And I want to be able to support that to the fullest. And then the last thing that I'm trying to cultivate because it's been such a big impact in my life is just gratitude. I'm trying to cultivate that as much in their lives. Gratitude, thanks, always be, you know, that's like the highest form of vibration you can really have. And I want to cultivate that to them early in their life because guess what? I sure I grew up just like you is money doesn't grow on trees, Joel. And we still say stuff like that. That's stupid stuff today. But I want them to have that abundant mindset and giving because I think I was raised with this scarcity mindset and I don't want that to be for them. So that's the big legacy I know for them. I want to leave. Brother, I love that so much because me and you talked about it on the episode we had on your podcast and it was something for me, like my parents were the same exact fucking way. My stepdad would break my toys in front of me and it was one of those things. And like my mom whipped my ass because I used to piss the bed all the time. And then she would wake me up in the middle of the night and take me. And slowly I started doing better, but it was, and I like using that example because it was one of those, like, you have to try different things. And recently, you know, getting into that, learning how to be effective communicator, being in the rooms of people and just being present, whether I align with them or not, you know, just being present be like, you know what, man, I feel for you. And if, if I'm doing a good enough job and being confident being my, the best I can be, they're going to talk to me and they're going to open up. So it was one of those where I'm like, bro, I can get pretty much anybody to open up now because I'm able to take time and get to know them or figure out, you know, what questions to ask, you know, what pisses them off so I can know a little bit about them and, you know, what's important to them. And I'd say that's something for me was like, uh, I went through that, you know, not being able to express myself, getting a design of my hair, you're a fucking hoodlum. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. If you're the one raising me to be right, I can't dress a certain way. I can't do this. But when I dress that way, some days they would say shit, some days they wouldn't, you know what I mean? So it was one of those for me where it was like mirroring my personality for the audience I was around. So I can make it around anybody. You know, That's I can be hanging out. That's a tough way to live too. You're yeah. like walking on eggshells in a way. You feel like you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. That's, that tough as a kid, I would imagine. Oh, hundred percent brother. And, and all that shit came out of marriage. And it was one of those where my wife's like, I'm not attacking you. And I'm like, but I can't tell the difference between tonality. Like it's different in the Tones military because too, by the way, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's different in the military because they can yell at you and you know, Oh, this is rank. Don't say shit. But yeah. it's different when it's your wife and you're like, why are you fucking yelling at me? Like, I just did one thing, you know, I just got home. Like, for instance, my wife, uh, one of the things that derived from when she was younger was the trash can. And it had to be away from the wall because of the back splatter. But she didn't say that to me. So to me, you know, I swept and mopped the whole fucking house. So in my head, I'm like, I swept them off the house. I'm doing great. And she's like, why is this trash can against the wall? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And I was like, I just swept them off the house. I didn't look to see if it was like against the wall. Like, my bad. You know what I mean? Yep. And she's going off on me about it. And when it really came down to it, it was, you know, the back splatter and that's how her parents were. So it was like diving into those things and realizing for myself, like, hey, you know, we got to teach our kids differently and be able to figure out, you know, what triggers them, what's important to them. And I went back to now reading how to win friends and influence people again. And when they talk about it with a kid, like, oh, you know, one of the kids wanted to eat picky. He was underweight. And then he was getting bullied. So they were like, hey, you know, maybe if you eat these nutrition, uh, all these nutritious things and you start focusing on it, you start working out a little bit, like eventually you're going to get bigger. And then now you have this confidence in yourself because you've done all the hard work that you can stand up for yourself and you build the confidence up with a kid. So it was something for me where I was like, man, you know, that's something that I did slowly and it took years, but it was one of those where it's like, you got to learn all these different factors in that. And that's something we're passing down to our kids. Um, I always say that, you know, I was conditioned to be a certain way. My parents wanted me to be a young adult when I was like five and treated me that way, talked to me fucking crazy, you know, look at me. And that was something that was hard for me. It's like, my dad will give me the look. You do the shit out of me. Or like my little sister, when I seen her, like I couldn't stand her as a little kid because she sat on the table. Fuck you. And then my dad wouldn't say shit. And in my head, I'm like, little girl, you better get your ass down. Like you would not fucking know what would happen if I would say anything like that to my dad? And it was one of those, like getting through those things, brother. So I'm glad we're able to jam with so many things today. We'll leave it with the one last thing. 
what would you say to the previous version of ourselves who's looking to recalibrate their mindset? They're trying to figure out, hey, how do I align myself with my definition of success? How do I get the ball moving forward and get you know in that right direction? Yeah, before I give you the canned response, um, it's not a canned response, actually. This is organic. But I just want to highlight what you said about presence. That is huge. I remember when I did a life coaching certification in 2016, I never even heard of this idea of presence. And I learned all about it. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And when you actually are really present, you start to notice like a lot of us are just operating on this like surface level there's another like dimension of like actually like consciousness oh, when you're present. Hundred percent, brother, because you can uh, definitely see when people are like, "Hey, man, you know how's work been? Good. How's yeah. oh, did you see the game the other day?" And it's like, bro, all we're talking about is work being good and sports. Yeah, and you know, it's it, with kids, they are the epitome of, of presence. And I have in the I I am at fault too as an entrepreneur. I'm always on trying to upload and put reels up and all this stuff. And one of the things in terms of behavior that I'm really looking at is spending um, quality, the, the quality time, right? And just even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes a day of what they call, and parenting experts have called it having that special time. You call it whatever you want, but dedicated focus time and you just do whatever they want to do. And, you know, it's, it's cool to see what they want to do. They do all kinds of crazy things, things that I don't like um, because I, I've, I've developed this uh, mindset now of like entrepreneurship. And it's, uh, um, I'm not, I don't have that fictional mindset of like just getting lost in imagination and creativity. They do. And so when they're like, let's go play cars. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Let's come Let's go play. play I don't want to play baseball. Let's go do that or something. I'm a very active guy, but now it's kind of me going, Oh yeah, hold on. Let me put the phone in the other room and let me just, dive into playing cars with you because you love this and the more you can do that and i've seen it too the more you can have that special time that connection because that's what most kids are missing because we're not present even if it's 10 to 15 minutes a day when you have that connection you can actually reverse engineer their behavior they'll start building trust in you and they'll start listening to you without having to use tone or consequences right so you kind of reverse engineer it so love that you mentioned that and i just wanted to highlight that um now, in terms of how I would recalibrate the mind, I think, man, this is it, brother. It's all about, well, I could, we could talk about beliefs. We could talk about all these things, but here's, here's what I want people to know. Take aggressively, take imperfect action. Take action even when it feels yucky, even when it feels messy, and just align with your truth. The more that I've aligned with my truths and, and taken action when it didn't feel comfortable, right? There's times when, man, I didn't want to put out an Instagram post because it wasn't perfect. It wasn't pretty. It didn't do this. Or it wasn't It wasn't like, uh, I don't know, it wasn't named some uh, famous. It wasn't like Zach Bobcock's, uh, you know, reels, man. It wasn't professionally done. Well, guess what? There's somebody sitting at home right now crying themselves asleep because they're depressed, they're overweight, and they need help and they need, they need people like us. They need, they need something. It could have been your mindset technique. It could have been some weight loss hack that I gave. And meanwhile, I'm sitting on the sidelines too worried about how I'm going to look because I want it to be perfect. And that person's crying them themselves to sleep and they really need us. That's ridiculous. So I, and I've had someone who reached out to me, literally, this is, this is crazy, but she was like, Joel, I was going to kill myself before I was like, Whoa, this is too much for me on this call. Uh, and she's like, Joel, I was going to like, I was, con I was so depressed. I was considering killing myself. Uh, I didn't know who to turn to. I saw your ad and I, I wanted to, I got on a phone call and she didn't know what to do. And, you know, it was just a crazy conversation. And I said, and I thought that was just a perfect example of, I, I you know, I didn't believe it until that phone call where I was like, wow, this, this person literally was like on the brink of probably killing themselves. And she had no money, nothing. And I was like, listen, you need this program. You don't have the money to work with me. But I was like, what are you going to do? Like their Amazon right now is hiring for $2,000, like a signing bonus. And she's like, oh my God, I, di I didn't know that. I'm like, yeah, like you need this, like go out and do it. And just having that conversation the next day, she texts me and she went out and she showed me, she's like, I did it. I got, a, I got a job and I'm, and I'm working. And so, man, that's, that's the proof that, you know, we got to take that action. It's courageous action, even when it doesn't feel good. Um, people, people need us. And so if you're thinking and you're sitting on the sidelines, if you're listening to this, I know you have, you're motivated. You have an entrepreneur mindset and spirit and uh, just take action even when it doesn't feel good. And that's the fastest way you're going to learn too. So 
hundred percent brother. And, and I definitely say that going all in and definitely doing that. It's like, I put out some shit that was terrible and people loved it. And they're like, man, we've seen the growth. And now you're putting out these videos that are like pretty basic, but I'm getting people, man, this is cool. And I put a post yesterday and I'm talking about, man, it feels so good to unplug. And then one of my friends messages me and she's like, why didn't you put a question? You know, you could do it better and put, Hey, a question and get more engagement. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not my angle, you know, to put a question and get people engaged. Cause I hate reading questions. Like, have you ever felt this way? And then it goes into the narrative. Like, nah, bro, I'm going to jam on this shit. And I was like, you know what? I've been battling this. I've been battling communicating, being in the same room with people I can't stand and being able to do that. And one of those things is like my parents, like I can't stand to be in the room with them, but it's being able to be in the room and be the best I can be and be able to be like, Hey, I can do this. We don't align because of these core values. And that's why, and be able to go on with our business. So it was something where I made a post and it wasn't the best post, but it was the meaning behind it. And people read that, you know, and they're like, man, this is cool. You know what I mean? And I was just like, yeah, because you have to be able to dive into those things. You have to be able to talk about those things people don't want to, because it may be something somebody else is doing. Like for me, I'm so intentional at what I do. And I love the way you mentioned that about cars with your kids. Like that was me with movies. And I'm like, bro, I don't watch this fucking movie about this dumbass bridesmaids and shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I can watch Frozen. See, like kids' movies, okay, cool with, but my my brother-in-law comes over and they want to watch like fucking chick flicks all the time and i'm like bro i don't want to watch this shit but it's more the matter of being present in the moment with them and it kind of was one of those like he was trying to say this one actress is good i'm like nah she's not i don't think she's funny like it, and it was one of those things and it was like they were getting a little rubbed off but it was me being present in the moment being like we can have this conversation versus me being like hey what movie because i haven't even watched any movies that i actually want to watch in the past year you know what i mean so it was one of those where I was like, man, you know, really present in the moment. I understand things. It's a different conversation. And that's why, you know, our wives and everybody's more in tune with us is we're making them a priority of what they care for. And it may be something that we don't even care for, but it's something that, hey, we show, we put that pride aside and we get the job done even when it's not. So love that you mentioned that, brother. Where can people find you if they want to keep up with you? They want to find you on social media, hear about more from your podcast. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, connect with me on Instagram is a great spot at Joel Evan coaching. Uh, you can connect with me there. Go to my website, joelevancoaching.com. Shoot me an email info at Joel Evan coaching. Happy to connect with you there. Dial in your health, get you feeling good again. Um, and then my podcast, the hacked life podcast, you were on there recently had a, of a lot of great uh, guests, uh, alternative health practices. And I've had some really cool experts and then uh, mindset and entrepreneur people as well. Cause that's kind of the, the community we vibe with. So yeah, any, anything, anything and all there, it's a, it's a, it's a great time. Absolutely guys. And if you haven't heard uh, Joel's podcast, it is amazing. Man drops so much knowledge on there. I love the dopamine. Um, when you had that doctor on there, you guys were jamming on that. That was something that like I knew a little bit about, but it was awesome kind of hearing about it. And it's something where it's like, you're not going to take the time to research on dopamine levels and kind of how it's restoring it, but having that knowledge and hearing it from somebody who's been there, done that. And you're like, bro, this actually is interesting versus what I thought, you know, and not taking the time. So love that brother. We'll send people your way. We'll have you on in the future again. Thank you again, my friend. I've got my story. You got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then look the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. Time to walk through hell's kitchen I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up Been there and back a couple times But I made it through that stuff I realized if you wanna win You gotta recalibrate your mindset Before there's no time left mm -hmm. The 